This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Hey friends, welcome back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Thank you for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. I am super pumped to be joined by yet a returning guest, a woman who is an absolute spitfire in the space and who inspires me daily. This woman who I'm referring to is Zara Carson. You probably recognize the name from the last interview. So who is Zara? Well, what I can tell you about Zara is that she's an international success coach to dozens of global executives, speaker, on entrepreneur and best-selling author of How Do You Take Your Happy? Zara Carsan has made a name for herself helping people shift their mindset to health, wealth, success, and true happiness. On the verge of releasing her second book, Zara splits her time between hosting a runaway success on Transformation TV and as CEO of Get Zend, a leader in mobile on-demand success training. Zara has shared the stage with some of the world's most notable entrepreneurs, including actor, pilot, and entrepreneur John Travolta, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, and everyone's favorite media mogul Mark Wahlberg. For 20 years as a management consultant and corporate coach, Zara's been teaching a network of jet-setting executives how to take their careers to new heights. In her philanthropic life, her partnerships with Honey Shine and the Steve Harvey Foundation inspire and teach children to develop real self-worth and to live fearlessly. Welcome back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Zara, how are you, my friend? Thank you so much. I'm very well, thank you, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great. I've been so excited for this interview because I absolutely love the synergies between us the first (laughs) go around. And you're forever doing amazing things and the momentum is taking off for you as usual. So this is why we had to have you back on the show and Thank let it be you. known what else is going on. So let's let's delve into the book. Let's talk about okay. book number two. <laughs> so book number two is called Rewire for Happiness, The Simple Way to Feel Happier Now. And it's really all about how you can retrain your brain um, on, you know, it's, it's the whole idea of neuroplasticity. So learning to retrain your brain for less stress, better health and greater happiness overall. Um, And it's probably going to turn into a series of books. The next one will probably be Rewire for Wealth and Success. And then we'll follow that by Rewire for Love and Better Relationships, Stronger Connection, that sort of thing. So this one, like I said, is all about neuroplasticity, which is the idea that the brain is actually malleable and changeable. 
And it sh we're now able to show that there are signs of lasting change in the brain through brain mapping and cortical reorganization in just six weeks. Everything we think, feel, do, and experience can reshape the neural pathways so that we can have more of what we want in life. Way less stress. We're so wired for stress that over time we've actually increased our ability to respond to stress and it doesn't seem to calm down and get us back to our our more relaxed, more natural, calmer state of rest and digest. I can go more into the fight or flight response later, but it's really a number of exercise, exercises, pardon me, and including a six-week plan to be able to retrain the brain so that you can actually have lasting change in a simple and easy-to-follow method. Beautiful. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I just want to quickly thank you for the honor and the privilege for allowing me to provide an endorsement to your book. I'm so oh. touched by that. Oh, thank you. I mean, as you know, I think the world of you and what you're trying to do with this, what, not trying to do, but what you are doing with your show and all of the ventures and, and projects that you work on. So um, I, I think we're very aligned and I was very grateful to have your testimonial. So thank you for that, Lisa. Well, likewise, my friend. Thank you. So I want to delve on to a subject matter as it relates to your book. And when you talk about the brain being malleable, mm -hmm. um, you know, so for people like, because I like to play devil's advocate and by doing so, you extrapolate different levels of deeper truth and understanding and insight and wisdom. Sure. So for people who say, for example, they struggle or have been officially diagnosed with things like PTSD or they've got clinical depression or they've got bipolar or anything that falls within the spectrum and and they, you know, they are on a regimen in terms of uh, psychotropic medication or they right. regularly consult with their uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, etc. Now, I've worked with people in the space who do similar things to you, all individually unique to what you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And there are people who will challenge all of that and say, well, no, we don't have to. Uh, and I know that this is going to some people are going to get up in arms about this, but whatever. Um, some people are committed to, you know, once I've got a diagnosis, it sticks for life. There's nothing I can do on my own accord outside of taking prescribed medication and going to my regular counseling appointments in which to reverse the way that the neurons and everything is firing within my own brain right. and, and aren't apt to necessarily subscribe to a new intervention that they have control over to drive the changing force to to create a new way of thinking, to create new patterns, to shape new outlooks and insights. So what do you say about that? Um, well, it's a great question, first of all, Lisa. I'm not excluding, and I don't think anyone in the field of, of uh, neurolinguistic programming or neuroscience uh, excludes any of the diagnosis in the CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy world, um, so if somebody is diagnosed with clinical depression or anxiety, they have, you know, medication and treatment programs that they're on. It's not to say that that alone is necessarily what's going to bring you the result that you want. There are certain things, very easy things that we can do that's, that are within our control. Um, and I'll take two paths. I'll talk about coaching from a different angle and I'll talk about um, some of the daily habits we can put in place so that we start to rewire the brain instead of spending as much time feeling anxious or feeling stressed or feeling, you know, the heavy sadness or the heavy, intense negative emotions that come with something like depression. There are certain things that you can do, and they're very simple methods to start to rewire the brain 
to feel greater joy, to start feeling greater compassion for yourself and for others, to start feeling more connected to the world and being able to engage differently with people and with the communities we live in. Um, so I think they actually work well together mm-hmm. if you're able to learn some of these techniques, you know, whether it's developing self-awareness and just being able to ask yourself, you know, if I choose to do this, does it make me feel good or bad? Does it feel light or heavy? Am I getting any value out of this activity? So, you know, I myself have suffered from, you know, mild to moderate depression in past. And there were days when you're just completely lethargic. It's hard to get yourself motivated to the gym or to work out. It's hard to get yourself out of bed some days. It's hard to engage in social activity. You just retreat and all you want to do is just sort of sleep and lay around and and your thoughts are just in, in a really unhealthy pattern. Well, by taking control and consciously choosing to do things that bring joy back into your life, that bring inner peace back into your life, that bring a a deeper sense of calm into your life, you start to take back that control. And this has nothing to do with whatever um, medication or CBT treatment or therapy you're doing. You can do this on top of. And if you start to see lasting change, then there's definitely something there. There's certainly more than enough scientific evidence that mindfulness and meditation, developing self-awareness, and any of those techniques, practicing gratitude, savoring the good moments so that Mm. we start to focus on the positive emotions and the positive uh, events that happen in our life, we basically start to reprogram ourselves away from the stress and what's missing and the wishing for bigger, wonderful, more happy, more joyful moments And we actually refocus and we shift our mindset to what's here and what little joys there are in life that we can actually have gratitude for. And what it starts to do is it starts to rewire the neural pathways to say, okay, we're not necessarily always in a state of despair. We can actually move the needle over a period of six weeks or more. We can move the needle so that we have more happiness in our lives, so that we sleep better, so that we feel calmer, so that we have, you know, more quality time with ourselves, with our friends, with our families, um, more social activity, and all of the things that make us feel really valued and fulfilled and, and give us more purpose. Um, so that's on the on the daily tools. On the coaching side, which is the second method, um, there are lots of neurolinguistic programming programming coaches that take a different approach. Now, it is also based in CBT, but it's a different type of coaching where you access the unconscious and you're able to use a technique called timeline therapy or mental emotional release work, which literally has you go into your past just for a moment, pull out what learnings we were meant to uncover in those moments where we created fear strategies or, you know, strategies that that stop us when anger shows up or fear shows up or sadness shows up or guilt shows up and unlocks the power that it has on us Mm. so that we can volitionally choose other more effective strategies in life. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So if we transition the conversation momentarily, uh, Mm -hmm. Zara, so if we 
if we change the dialogue into this, and I know it's all interconnected, but if we put some focus and emphasis on the spiritually awakened people, people who might be more inclined to subscribe to the ideology and to the the quantitative, qualitative research to substantiate all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So are you finding that a good portion of the people who seek you out, it's because they're already to some degree self-actualized and they are understanding of what it means to be self-aware, to understand and hone clarity, uh, to make mindset and meditation uh, a daily uh, ritual? Or are you starting to also see a bit of a an influx of people who are new to this languaging and new to this way of living and awakening, and they want to know more about it so they can transition and shift within themselves. What What's the demographic here of, of who you're most interfacing with and who's most receptive? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily um, be able to give you a, a split in terms of percentage for, mm-hmm. you know, a demographic of people who are uh, spiritually enlightened versus those that are, are you know, just living life and, and questioning things, questioning mm-hmm. whether or not they're living well. I think what most people can relate to is we all have stress and worry on a daily basis far greater than we wish to have. True. You know, if I could ask people, you know, what are you, when I coach clients, I, I like to ask, what are your top five concerns? And, you know, certainly the top three are, I want to be in better health. Even people that are in good health are often very stressed or tightly wound. They don't sleep well. They wake up exhausted every day. Or those that are in a poor state of health, they either have health conditions happening or they're just, you know, they're overweight, they're sluggish, they're not feeling good about how they look and feel. Um, Then there are others who have just the, you know, the daily stress of life. There's life has become so busy. And over the last 20, 30 years, certainly in our entire generation, I think life has just gotten so much quicker and we're constantly, constantly triggering our stress response. So how do we find techniques, and I don't mean short-term tools like a glass of wine or going for a walk or a vacation, but I mean long-term strategies that actually produce effective change that allow us to uh, reprogram ourselves so that we have access to calm ourselves down or return to calm when daily life stress does happen. So I think people are more relating to, you know, being stressed, poor quality of sleep, um, poor health, or, you know, not, not as good state of health as they'd like to be. Um, and the area of wealth, happiness, quality time with their families, that's really what speaks to people. And that's usually what people seek me out for. So, you know, one of my clients in the past, for an example, he was a successful president of company, you know, multi-million dollar revenue, everything seemed to be going really well. And just one day, every area of his life started to unravel and he had no explanation as to why. He started to feel down and depressed. He started to feel a little bit lost and he sought me out. And, you know, I was quite shocked. This was someone very well put together who had his life pretty well together. And, you know, it was just unexpected. And he wasn't a particularly spiritual person, um, But there was a point in his life when he realized something's got to give, something's not working here. Mm -hmm. And how things tend to show up is how you do one thing is how you do many things. So when whatever block shows up, 
causes you to pause and reset, it usually impacts multiple areas of your life, not just work or career, but maybe your physical health or maybe your family life or maybe your relationship. So it's not necessarily just people interested in meditation or mindfulness or spiritually aware people that, that seek help. I think people just want an answer to how can we do it better? How can we stop feeling like we're struggling every day? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so as somebody who is highly uh, entrenched and immersed in all of this, somebody who walks the talk, somebody who is the demonstrated living example mm-hmm. uh, for what it is you're doing, Zara, what are some of the tools and not short-term ones, as you cited, the ones that leave longer-lasting uh results and trickle down residual uh, residual results. Uh, what are some of those things that you incorporate into your daily rituals, what, whether they be mantras, uh, whether it be goal setting or however it ties back to what it is you do for the bigger picture? Right. Um, well, I, for me personally, I don't think mantras really work unless your thought and your feelings, so your intention rather, and, and the emotions, and you know how to do that in precisely the right way to, to produce a result of whatever mantra or affirmation is that you're trying to recite. So for me, what I've done is I've built something called the rewire method. Um, it's in the book, Rewire for Happiness, and it consists of six modules. So the first one is about learning to relax and, and quiet the mind. So literally learning to reprogram our stress response, weaken the stress response, and increase our natural ability to be calm or return to calm when daily stress happens. So some of those techniques are mindfulness and meditation. And what it does is if you just imagine over the years, how stressful life has become. Even for me, and, and this is personal, but even for me, when when my phone pings, it's something that requires my time and attention. It's like my stress button getting triggered all over again. So every yes. little thing, every minute of the day is pulling at us for time and attention. And it is exhausting. And we're literally constantly triggering our stress response or our fight or flight response. Well, what mindfulness and meditation does is it allows you to actually sit there. You know, I would recommend 20 or 30 minutes a day. If you can do 10 minutes even, there's enormous health benefit to doing this. It starts to literally just quiet the voices in your head. I believe Ellen DeGeneres, when she was meeting with Bob Roth, who's the author of, um, he teaches, he's the founder of Transcendental Meditation. And I think her quote was something like, you know, I didn't, it felt like, when I meditated, it felt like going home. It's almost like you're in a room full of noise and you don't know the noise is there until the noise is gone. There's suddenly this stillness. It's that same idea. So learning to quiet the mind and just allow our bodies to reprogram back to our natural calmer state is really key. The next module is edit your life. If you learn to simplify your life so that you spend your time and energy more wisely you'll get more of what you really want in your life. We then look at a series of needs, and this is sort of broken down into multiple categories. So it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, educational, intellectual, financial as well. So really looking at your needs in a whole different way, because most of us, you know, we're not taught this in school. We're, you know, we're kids, and we're students and we become adolescents and students and we have expectations put on us and we just sort of 
fumble through life. We may have coaches when we're younger in life, swimming coaches, ballet coaches, sports coaches. And then at some point it all just stops. The coaching disappears. Very true. You know, so how do we get to a point where, you know, and, and maybe when we're young, we have parents that ask us, you know, what is it that makes you happy? What do you need right now when we're having a tantrum? But there's a certain point in life where all of that stops and you're just expected to get it. You're just mm. expected to have the magic formula to how to live well and how to be happy. And nobody talks about it anymore. Well, what we do in the NLP in the coaching world is we help everyone break down their unique needs. So what Lisa needs is different than what I need, is different than your partner or your child or your your family member or your colleague is what specifically do you need in terms of your physical environment, your physical nutrition needs, your sleep, your hydration, all of that. What do you need in terms of mental, educational, intellectual stimulation so that you really feel fully alive and thriving? Then we look at um, how to align thought and intention and then how to use visual motor rehearsal. So the first part of this is being able to really choose what we think, do, feel, and experience every moment of the day. So it's about developing self-awareness at a level where we can, we can be really clear on our thoughts and then we can choose our thoughts and actually create a new life visual, create a new life plan, almost like a vision board, mm -hmm. but something you do in your mind each and every day. And then visualization exercises so that you can actually start to rewire the neural pathways because everything we think, do, feel, and experience can change those neural pathways and how they're programmed. Then we look at how to build a six-week plan to address those needs so that you can repeat and rewire. Hebb's Law in Neuroscience, which is the study of the brain and the nervous system, says neurons that fire together, wire together. You want new patterns of behavior. You want a new outcome in your life. You have to look at each of the areas in your life and be able to put a plan together and daily activities so that you can actually rewire the brain and create a new outcome for yourself. So you'd have less stress, greater calm, greater inner peace, better health, whatever it is you want to envision for yourself, greater wealth, success, more connection with your family, a bigger social community, whatever that is for you that excites you, that you feel that you need in your life, you can start to build a plan to do that. And then the last module is about extending the good. So really over time we've, you know, we're programmed to pay attention to negative events in our lives. And that's how the stress response or fight or flight gets triggered. Well, after all of this time, we actually need to spend time consciously savoring the positive moments. We don't do this. When we have little successes in our lives, when you get that job, when you get that, you know, the speaking gig, or when you get, you know, your fabulous radio host, how much time do we actually spend allowing ourselves to just feel excited and feel the thrill of that moment, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the laughter of your child or any, any little victory that happens in the day, how much time do we really spend actually allowing ourselves to feel all of those beautiful, positive emotions that go with it? Well, taking time to consciously savor those moments is also one of the techniques that will rewire the brain towards greater joy and greater happiness. 
So amazing. <laughs> amazing. I mean, I'm, t- I'm taking this all in and I'm writing down notes and, uh, I can't wait to get my hands, my paws on your book because uh, we're, we're, you know, I mean, you're very much an expert in this industry. And although I subscribe to the ideology, I don't know all the ins and outs in terms of the qualitative da- uh, data to right. support all this. I mean, you're speaking a language within a language. And although I subscribe to every aspect of what you're talking about in terms of incorporating that into your DNA and to rewire, uh, you know, preaching to the preacher here. And I love that. Now, I want to ask you a question hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're talking about the body, okay, so let's say in terms of weakening the stress response, so let's say somebody doesn't fall into the category of feeling weighted down by depression or sadness or guilt or any of those negative type emotions. But let's say somebody who's on the treadmill you know, somebody like yourself or myself, we're top producers, we're executors, we're always looking at the next project, we're looking at the next client, we're looking at the next thing because we're visionaries, we're manifestors, uh, and we're also type A people who, you know, we feel like we are here for a very uh, – purpose-driven uh, reason, and right. we want to we maximize every 24 hours in a day in which to impart our message to the world. So if you look at it physiologically from an adrenaline standpoint so you're not sad you love your life uh you love what you do everything from that perspective seems to be aligned but is there is there such a thing as being too happy in the way that it affects your adrenaline your cortisol uh, just keeping up with the momentum I don't, I don't think there's such a thing as being too happy. I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't there? No, I've got yeah. too much happiness. <laughs> Let me just hit the stop button for a moment. Um, I don't think it's about that. You know, I can honestly say, so we're talking about top performers that, you know, don't necessarily have a, uh, like a, a daily sadness with them. You love your life overall. But, you know, you talked about type A personalities. We are on the go nonstop. Yeah. Are we not, Lisa? Like in our heads, even when we're not working. And I'll tell you why, because strategy is a creative process. It doesn't happen when you're sat at your desk and you're working away, trying to actually focus on a task and get it done. The strategy happens when you're away from your desk. It's like that whole Eureka idea, Mm. you know, where he needed an idea and he needed a solution and he went into the bath and and suddenly his solution came to him. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly how this happened. So it will happen for me. If I wake up at three in the morning and I need to go use the restroom, if I'm not back asleep in a couple of minutes, my mind will start to go about, oh, how can I work on this project? Or what can I do for this charity? (laughs) And what kind of program can I do for this? So it's not about not being too happy. It's about learning, learning when, you know, having some awareness, number one, of when it's happening, when we would rather need to be relaxing. I say need to be relaxing because... We can all be relaxing, but are we truly there if we're not present, if our minds are spiraling and still spinning ideas and whatnot? Are you really present? Is it really quality time with your family if it's, you know, if it's with your kids or your spouse or whoever? You know, there was a day, for example, my partner had been working many, many days and I said, you know, sweetie, can you take Friday off or can you take the afternoon off? I think you're you're exhausted. You've worked three weekends in a row. You haven't had a break in over 20 days. Let's just go to the beach and let's go for a walk on the beach and have dinner. So we're sitting there and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get him to relax. And all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, I'm so tightly wound. I'm telling <laughs> myself I'm relaxed, but I'm not there at all. <laughs> right. 
So it was, it was more about having an awareness like, whoa, okay, I brought myself physically here. I've been sitting here looking out at the ocean for 20 minutes and I'm still tightly wound. So it's having the awareness, number one, of just being able to take a few deep breaths. This is actually one of the tools you can use to re-engage the parasympathetic nervous system and bring yourself back to calm. Something about taking deep belly breath and exhaling slowly actually triggers our calm response. It triggers the vagus nerve and the brain sends a signal and biochemicals down to the body to say, okay, it's safe to be calm now. We're in the mm-hmm. clear. There's no danger. Because in past, our fight or flight response used to get triggered all the time. But, you know, imagine our ancestors running from predators. As soon as they fled to safety, though, their brain signaled their bodies that it was safe to calm down. It's okay mm-hmm. to be calm again. In our day and age, our phone always pinging, our email always going, nonstop phone calls and activities happening during the day, social media, everything else. How many channels do we use for our business these days? Probably six All or of seven. Them. It <laughs> used to be, right, it used to be two, voice or email. Mm-hmm. So, We need to be cognizant of when we need to stop and just be present and slow down. And then another thing I think would be helpful is really just finding ways when that happens to find balance. Maybe creating a schedule for yourself to say, oh, no, 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 I did my work today. This is my downtime. This is my relaxed time. So when your brain is spiraling, you can actually say, hey, why don't we shelf this for a moment? I actually, you know, you can speak to your unconscious mind and you can task it to do things. Now, this is the crazy. It's going to sound like I'm a crazy woman on your, on your show too. But this is the real thing. So your unconscious mind, 90% of us is unconscious, subconscious, 10% is conscious brain. Our unconscious mind is like a six-year-old child on Christmas morning. It does not stop. That's why when you are loving your life and doing work that you love, your brain is so excited. It is constantly going. It is going in your sleep. It is going in your waking hours. It does not matter. So it's up to us to be able to create some boundaries and say, so happy that we're excited about this work, but right now I need to just focus on being relaxed and enjoy my downtime. So most of it is self-awareness. And then the other is literally consciously choosing to do something to get you there, whether that's doing another session of meditation, whether that's, you know, just five minutes of deep breathing, whether that's creating some sort of separation between your work day and your quiet time, even if it's just an hour for lunch, allowing yourself to fully physically and mentally unplug is really important. Lovely. So if I could just further elaborate and expand upon my last question, because you Mm -hmm. said some things that really conjured up things, I want to take it a little bit deeper. So, um, so when we talk about that old adage, you know, uh, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Okay. So if we're using that in the way that it speaks to, and let's use me as a a potential client of yours. Okay. Okay. I, I come into you and I say, you know, Zara, this may be a problem. It may not be a problem. I can't be objective enough about it, but I love my life. I'm always on Um, my happy place is doing what I do and being entrepreneur. I'm working seven days a week. I'm working up to, in some cases, 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I'm present with what I do. I'm very clear on what I do. I'm, you know, every happy gene in my body is dancing when I get to execute and write and, and 
be on radio and interview phenomenal people such as yourself. But I also know that that sometimes can be counterintuitive because where that shows up as a, a deficit for me is in the fourth quarter of every year, in the last couple of years is the pattern so far, I get hit with pneumonia. Like my body's saying, mm-hmm. like, you got you to shut down. And, and then I got mono this year too. But I'm oh, like, wow. but being happy for me is, even though it might seem obsessive to other people or it might seem like my work is an addiction, um, if that's my happy place, but my happy place, because I like to do it full throttle, all in, scaling, leveraging, being invested, being present, being in the moment, working on becoming always my most best improved version of self, if that's my happy place, but it's also generating the types of results that are becoming impediments uh, or it becomes seemingly counterintuitive and puts me on hold for a bit, how do you reconcile that when what you do that makes you happy is also what holds you back? <laughs> that's a great question. And we're very much alike, actually, Lisa, because <laughs> I seem to, you know, I have been I have been struggling with this and working on myself and getting coaching and coaching myself on this for the last three <laughs> years, because I basically realized, you know, within the last few months, I have two speeds fully intensely Olympic on yes, (laughs) or off. (laughs) And the only reason off happens is because I get grounded. And I don't mean grounding with nature. I mean, someone physically grounds me. I either sprain an ankle or my back goes out or I get really sick like you. Yeah. So, you know, you have to ask yourself in those moments, are you living well? Just because, you know, there are some patterns that play, some unconscious strategies at play here. For example, for me, that it's, it's not that if I did a little bit less at work, I wouldn't still accomplish the amazing things I was trying to set out to do. So if you're my client, Lisa, and you are trying to affect change in the world, whether you're trying to move the needle on social consciousness, whether you're trying to create, a, you know, I don't know if you have a number that's a target, reach millions of people so that they can live more fearlessly, whatever Mm -hmm. that target, whatever that target or goal is for you, you can't relentlessly work at it. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. How you know this is because your body shuts you down and not just a little bit because you don't just get a cold or you can maybe take some sinus meds and get back to work. You get pneumonia and mono, which means you are bedridden for weeks Am I right? Well, I, I I didn't have the luxury of being bedridden. I pushed through it at the same space, but I knew I wasn't physically feeling my optimal self. But right. I'm not one to drop the ball on. And, I, you know, I've always got deadlines and I'm usually pre-scheduled weeks and months in advance and paying clients and things of that nature. So although I knew I wasn't feeling great, I also knew I didn't, and being a single parent, I didn't have the luxury of, you know, everybody says the generic type stuff. Oh, self-care is important. You know, make sure you mm-hmm. get a nap when the kids are in school. Well, no, when the kids are in school, I'm doing pre-records. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing interviews. I'm doing yeah. blog writing. I'm doing content. I'm doing client uh, mentoring sessions. Um, and because everything is scaling in such a way that, I mean, for years I've been working at saying there's not enough hours in the day and then there's not enough days in the week. And then I came up with my eighth day, which means I get up at three, four o'clock, generally speaking, most mornings, five at the very latest. Oh, and that wow. gives me, 
a head start. I get three hours ahead of the rest of the world and before my kids get up and you, you times that by seven days a week because I work seven days a week, there's my eighth day. But sometimes I feel like eight days isn't enough. And it's like, that's where it becomes questionable with the sustainability because- sure. Yeah, when you're on a mission for me, knowing my purpose is to uplift people to fear less and to live more, I'm I until I reach every single person on the face of the planet, whether that's realistic or not, but that's my end goal. And okay. so so how you know that's yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you reconcile achieving your goal with with having some balance? I mean, balance seems to be an elusive word, right? Yeah. Most people don't really know what that is. And certainly top performers or, you know, I, I talk to them about balance and they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've said I'm crazy a couple of times in your show already today. So that's not good. <laughs> um, but it's really about <clears throat> I think the question is really, you know, if sometimes we have patterns at play that make us feel like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders, that we have to do this all by ourselves, that we're running against a clock, that's also not a healthy way to live, right? So it's not to say your goals are tremendous and and kudos to you for, you know, working tirelessly towards them and it's amazing, but your body is supporting you in so much as it can until you decide to give it a break and actually allow it to rest and recharge, which is just as important. And you'll find that you're not any less productive if you do that. But if you, it's when we don't do that, that we get the grounding, you know, we get, we get punished and we get grounded and we get injured or we get sick and we're forced to slow down because your brain can only do so much. Your body can only do so much before it's, you know, it's like, it's like running on an empty tank of gas. Right. There's Very only true. so much you can do before you need to recharge. So it's all about finding the right pace for you. It's wonderful if you're doing work where you have great purpose and it fuels you to keep going and keep going and you get so much joy out of it. That's a really beautiful thing. But it is important to let your brain and your mind rest a little bit so that you can actually be productive, so that you can be there for yourself, your family, and all of the people that you're trying to help. And I promise you, you won't be any less productive. You'll probably be more productive by getting the rest you need. Well, and I see the I see the merit, and I, I see the value in everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. But let, let let's challenge that a little bit, and let's. Okay. Uh, but I want to be cognizant of time here too. I don't want anybody to get cut off in mid sentence, and I want to give uh, the listeners an opportunity to know where they can access you and find you and connect with you. Um, but let's just say, you know, for people like you and I, and for many of the people who would be listening. And we talk about mindset. We also talk about, you know, what you bring into your life is also a choice. It's a conscious choice. So if I'm sick, and I'm just using myself as a tangible example here to illustrate what you're offering here and what people can find out more from you and your suite of services, Zara. Right. But, if I, but if I say, this is what I say, like if I'm sick, I'm tired, I, my kids are sick, my, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. it's still in that moment. Yes, it might be the body sending you the signal that you've overextended yourself and you need to recalibrate and you need to rejuvenate. I get all that. But then how do you integrate that with also the, the mindset that it's a mindset and it's a choice? It's like, I'm not sick. This is what I said to myself. I'm not sick. Stop making excuses. Get up and get going. You're going to be as sick as you convince yourself you're sick or you're going to be as well as you convince yourself that you're well. But if you're focusing your energy and all the things that you are saying you don't feel or things that don't feel good, 
well, Lisa, what you put your attention on grows stronger. What are you more likely to experience, to feel, and to encounter? More of the same. If you want an opposite response, you want an opposite outcome or an opposite reaction, then you've got to focus on, I am well, I'm getting out of bed, and I'm going to hit the pavement, I'm going to get my content done, done. I'm going to interface with my client as pre-scheduled, and I'm going to meet all my deadlines. And so that's, I think, for people like you and I, Zara, that's where it becomes a little bit misdirected within self because we're pro in the way that I want to have reprogrammed myself and recalibrated my mindset. The mindset is this is all my I'm driving this. So if I'm driving it with my positive, optimistic, non-negotiable, this is a done deal. Get it done, Lisa, attitude and outlook and approach and perspective. Then how do you how do you reconcile that with yeah, I'm sick. I'm going to stay in bed today. Like, well, okay. So there are a couple of things. So, I mean, one is the positive outlook obviously is wonderful because it, you know, it's what drives you and it's what has you accomplished so much. But, you know, if I were coaching you, I'd probably go to the place of why you need to make it wrong when you aren't well, you know, by the time we have physical symptoms, it's usually mm -hmm. our body's last resort to say, gosh, please, I've been trying to tell you, I just need a moment to rest. Mm -hmm. By the time your body's actually showing up with pain or sickness or something like that, it's because we've ignored the signs for so long. So it's not to say having a positive outlook um, means you have to be perfect and a high achiever and you know, Wonder Woman every moment of the day, it's okay to also allow yourself to rest when you need the rest. There's nothing wrong with that. We have so many unconscious strategies, even the most successful people. I've worked with CEOs, for example, that, you know, they get up in the morning and it's like they're gearing up for battle. Right. <laughs> right. The news is on on every TV in the house. You know, it's full on noise from the moment they get up and pour themselves a coffee. It's full on get into battle mode. You're putting on your armor. You're gearing up for the day. Okay, great, because you need that energy because by the time you walk into the office, you've got, you know, a million priorities on your plate or at least, you know, 10 big ones you need to hit in the day. But what they're, what they're afraid of from an unconscious standpoint is if they allow themselves to find calm and inner peace, it means that they might lose their edge. And it's actually not true at all. That mm -hmm. same CEO that I coached that used to wake up and splash his face with violence every day now wakes up and meditates every day. Beautiful. And he, you know, we did some coaching on you know, what would be helpful? And he really just wakes up and thinks of how he wants his day to play out. What is in focus for the day? What are the things that need to happen? And spending that time beginning the day calm and relaxed and really just trusting and envisioning that all of the things he needs to accomplish in the day come together easily, that there is enough time, money, energy for everything he needs to do in a day. So part of, I think, the mindset of being a type A personality, and I know this well because I am that person, <laughs> is it's great to have a positive outlook. It's why we've achieved as highly as we have achieved. You know, I know that no matter what I put my mind to, I will accomplish it. My friends can all attest to this as well. But 
it doesn't mean my health doesn't suffer when I push too hard. Remember I said I had two speeds before, intense Olympic on or off. (laughs) And by off, I meant offline. Well, that's not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's being able to allow yourself to say, okay, today I need a me day. Today I need a rest day. Or I just need a day to step away from the office. Do you know the difference between, I've had two careers. My first career, I was a management consultant. And what that meant was I was up at 5.30 in the morning at my desk by 7.30, 8 o'clock, and I fired away. I worked and I worked and I worked at an intense pace. I did everything fast. I walked fast. I breathed fast. I drank coffee fast. Everything fast. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what I've realized in this space, and especially because what you're doing, what I'm doing, Lisa, is creative, it's actually more helpful. I sometimes get more work done when I'm trying to think of a solution or a program or a blog or a book or some strategy I'm trying to put together. I might actually get more work done if I just go for a walk, Mm -hmm. go outside, see the trees, be with nature for an hour. I sometimes get my best ideas forming when I'm not at my desk forcing myself to go intensely. I can relate to that. There's absolute truth to that. Absolutely. Right. So there's a balance in terms of, so you asked about how do we shift our mindset? Well, we have old outdated patterns and belief systems that tell us, for example, if you're a type A personality, if I'm not on the go every day, if I have to slow down for a moment, it doesn't mean I'm as strong as I am. It doesn't mean I can't get this done. You know, I need to be X, Y, and Z to really accomplish what I meant to accomplish. Well, what if that's an outdated pattern and your body's trying to say, hey, You can still accomplish everything you're trying to accomplish, but maybe choose a few healthier patterns to throw in there as well. Nobody's saying eat all broccoli, but you can't eat all (laughs) of one either. (laughs) Maybe throw in a couple of vegetables every now and then. You know what I mean? Just, just, it takes a little, for everyone is different, right? This is why we talk about unique needs. So for everyone is different. You have to find that perfect, unique formula. And one week might look different than the next. Some weeks I get to the gym five days a week. Other other weeks it might be three. And that's okay. You have mm-hmm. to just let it be okay and trust you're going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. But pay attention to your body because literally what you're doing in a mindset where you think you only have to be one way is you're not allowing for the rest of you to be heard. Mm. So if you want to go to work and your body's saying to you, no, we need to rest, then you have to let it be okay to rest and say, I hear you. This is what I need right now. And and be okay with it. Be at peace with it. Mm -hmm. And trust that you're still going to accomplish. You're going to conquer the world, Lisa. I have no doubts. (laughs) I have no doubts. Says Queen Zara herself. You're lovely. Lioness of the jungle. I I am a Leo, so that's pretty funny. (laughs) Love it. Well, I I I hope that answered your question. Oh, absolutely, you did. And it gave me some pause for thought, which is good because pausing is aligned with what you're talking about here. And there's different levels of pausing. So I appreciate that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely resonated with me. And I'll I'll be taking heed of that for sure. Um, 
So in terms of the book like and, and your other suites of services are, where can people interface with you? Where can people have an initial consult? Where can people buy the book? Is there book signings coming up that are already scheduled perhaps? Where, as much information as you want to share knowing this is a global uh, reaching yeah. platform. Yeah. Well, the best thing to do is just go to our website, which is getzend.com. That's G-E-T-Z-E-N-D.com. And you can get access to the first book on Amazon. You can get access to booking coaching or speaking. Um, There'll be video content up there. And we're launching our second book, Rewire for Happiness, uh, very soon. We're going to do it first through Facebook and and Mm -hmm. e-book so we can target specific markets that are interested in health and wellness and and anyone really in this space looking for change in the areas of of happiness and well-being. Um, And all of our our dates or events will be up on the website. So just go to getzen.com and we have links to download the GetZend app there. We have links to all of the, uh, the content, whether it's books or videos or anything new coming out or any speaking events as well. Beautiful. And very quickly, I know you mentioned at uh, pretty much the top of the hour that uh, this is book two, but this is going to very much be incorporated into an ongoing series. Yes. So do you have a sense without giving too much away at this point, what book number three looks like within the series? Uh, well, this is the first of a series. So this is this is my second book, but this is the first of, of okay. a new yes. series. So the first one, this one is called Rewire for Happiness. The next one will be uh, either Rewire for Wealth or Rewire for Success, something about that. But it's really about, uh, that will be about how the brain uh, deals with new challenges that come up and the patterns that stop us and how to break through those. So really how to rewrite your history so that you can have greater wealth, more success in all areas of your life. And then the third the third book in the series will be Rewire for Love. So looking at uh, fear strategies, love strategies, how we view intense emotion, how we view conflict within uh, either as a single person or in a relationship and looking at uh, unhealthy patterns that that could be shifted to allow us to have greater love and connection in our lives. Love it. Well, I mean, this is important work. These are important messages. And these are things that we all as human beings grapple with on a daily basis, no matter how self-actualized, self-aware, or how much we're willing and committed to doing the work on ourselves each and every day. Absolutely. To own, Yeah. So, I mean, this is incredible. And I'm going to be like lapping up every single copy of every part of the series. <laughs> um, and I mean, I mean that you. sincerely because I, I have nothing but love and admiration and respect for you, Zara. I think you're truly a trailblazer. But what really stands out um, when I think of you more so than all the other loving characteristics and amazing things I can, you know, go through the Rolodex on as it pertains to you specifically is you really know who you are. I mean, and, and that's the attractor factor for me. It doesn't matter what the product is, what the service is, what the branding is. Right. Um, you can really tap into who has a true sense of self-awareness and who is always committed to that journey in their growth, in their momentum, in the way they speak, how they carry themselves, how they articulate themselves, and the types of things that are even a of interest to them that they feel compelled to share with the rest of the world. So not only are you yummy, but everything that you stand for (laughs) and represent, it's equally yummy. And I just, you're, you're one of my favorite human beings. Oh, thank you. That's such a beautiful thing to say. I'm I'm very touched and very appreciative. And, um, 
Yeah, I think about the self-awareness. I I am the guinea pig. You know, whatever I happen to be going through and struggling with, I sort of sit down and dissect. And and once I figure it out, I think, well, why why can't I share this with people? I want to share this with people. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do that now. <laughs> so um, much like the work that you're doing, Lisa. So thank you so much for having me on your show, and thank you for the very very uh, touching endorsement for the book, and also uh, your very kind words just now. I. I I think the world of you as well. And uh, I am one of your biggest fans. So anything Aww. you need for me to help you in, in your quest to change the world, please don't hesitate to ask. Well, you've already contributed. This is your second interview and you being exactly who you are representing and, and standing for the types of things that you stand for and to the degree you go to the wall for it in terms of sharing it with the broader audience. That's your contribution back to me. That's paying it forward. That's being of service. That's supporting Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and me as your colleague and friend and kindred spirit. So I uh, I'm already eternally grateful. I couldn't ask for anything more, Zara. It's you've already done it and oh, and tenfold. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Well, thank you, Zara. And we'll talk again soon behind the scenes. And to the I listening audience, to absolutely. It. Well, it's always just the beginning, right? We say that it's the <laughs> beginning. It's never the end. Yeah. Correct. So uh, to the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedule to join myself and Zara here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I look forward to reconnecting with you next week, same time, same channel. And uh, my purpose, I'm very clear on, it's to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So I'm wishing you a fantastic weekend. Love and gratitude. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.